Hey everybody, welcome to episode 21. Stop, please. Right. 21 of the Hey Kuhn Show. Won't do it in German. My favorite number in German is six, but we won't go there. And today we have an incredible show for you. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to Hey Kerwin, where you have the questions and I give the answers. This one's pretty good. We got from Instagram, Silky Oak Espresso. Silky Oak Espresso. You almost make coffee sound good. <laughs> when you absolutely love working in your business, how do you overcome the feeling of disconnect when you start working on your business? That is a great question. And a lot of that comes down to purpose. Because if you think your purpose is to be in the business, then you'll always be attached to the activities and the actions and the behaviors that you, know, you have to do in order to make that business successful. But when you're more purpose-driven, purpose is a much bigger picture. Purpose is less about task uh, and more about mission. It's more about the main objective that you're moving towards. Whereas when you're, you, know, you focus on task, you know, you're really in the grit of what is it you're trying to do. And a lot of people almost lose their identity. Like when they start to step back from their business, they start to go, well, if I'm not doing this, who am I? Uh, and that is an indicator of not being on purpose because if you know what your purpose is, you don't lose who you are. And you only really lose who you are if you kind of spend a long time being something that you're not. But one of the things I've also discovered when people start to step back from their business is the importance of planning. Because when you start to take yourself off the tools in business and you're not doing tasks anymore, you have to be focusing more on bigger things like bigger priorities and bigger goals and you know, things that are perhaps more mission critical, you know, recruiting, uh, team management, talent acquisition, uh, talent development and, and all that kind of stuff. So look, I think ultimately it's, uh, it's a balance. You need to learn how to do it. But in order to get off, because here's the thing, if you don't get out of the business, you're always going to be in the business. And if you're not working on the business, you're not going to develop the business to a point where you actually have a level of freedom. And I ask this question all the time, like how many people get into business because they want to have more freedom? And everybody says yes. But the punchline is, you know, how many people actually get that, which is very few. And the only way that you achieve freedom in business is by letting go. And being able to work on the business and not in the business in itself is a practice of letting go. Letting go of the need to feel like you have to do everything because no one can do it better, but also letting go of the need for everything to be done the way that you do things. Because I think oftentimes we get, we, get, um, we get frozen by perfection. We get uh, procrastinated by distraction of thinking everyone has to do it as well as what I can. And the reality is they just won't. They won't. Most people won't be as passionate as you. They won't work as hard as you. They won't be as committed as you. And they won't be you know, as driven as what you are. But that, that, that's what you've got to understand. That's, that's your job. Your job is to be the best at those things. But if you can have 10 of you working at 80% or even 70%, that's still seven times more than what you could do individually on your own. Okay, I think those numbers work out. I'm not sure if they do, but you get the fucking point. My point being is I'd much rather have 10 people do what I can do at 70% than one of me that is limited by the 100% of the time that I can, by the 100% of what I can give based on the 24 hours in one day. Because when I start tapping into people, they might be able to do 70% of what I can do, but I now have their 24 hours, which I only have one of. I now have 10 sets of 24 hours. Now I now have, instead of having 24 hours, I now have 240 hours that I can start to use. Now we might be kind of fringing on some slave labor laws here, but you kind of get the picture of what I'm talking about. Just let go, let go, let God, give it up, and uh, yeah, go to the next level. Are you in business for freedom? <clears throat> well, it's interesting. That's a really interesting question because the way I've positioned my business, I don't have an abundance of freedom. Um, because in order for me to do what I do, a lot of things are dependent on what I do. But what I have been driven to do is to let go of every single function that I possibly can so that I can just focus on what it is that I'm here to do. Uh, I do have a plan to be getting more and more and more freedom back. Uh, but ultimately, my freedom is what I do. Like, I'm not tied to what I do. I don't do what I do because I have to do it. I feel most free. Like, we literally now, we had a 20 minute block, and I was like, Matthias, let's film a Hey Kuhn because, you know, this is where I find freedom. Awesome. And I'm a weird cat that way. 
Awesome, awesome. All right, so uh, John Amen uh, at Instagram. John Amen. At John Amen. Does he work at Instagram? Probably not. Okay. Hey, Kerwin. When, <laughs> when you are taking your company from being a one-person operation to a larger organization, who's the first person you should hire? That's a great question. So that's where we look at the three steps of freedom. We actually have a video bing, that you can check out uh, on Facebook or YouTube. And three, and three steps of freedom really look at organization, number one. Number two, systemization. And number three, delegation. So organization is really looking at the org chart of what the business needs to look like from a talent perspective 10 years from now, five years from now, three years from now. So you've got a bit of an idea of all the people that you need to be considering hiring, you know, in the next, not just the next three months, but next three years, next 10 years. Step two, systemization. That's where you've got to look at the roles that you have a level of understanding about of how do you systemize those roles. If you were to get someone to come in here and do those roles for you, what is step one for that function? Okay, you've got a role, okay, they have tasks. We, we select the individual tasks and we start identifying. Okay, if this is a task I need to do, what is step one? What is step two? Step three, that's basically systemization. And step three, which is probably the most important part, which is the delegation strategy. Now this is where most people fuck it up. Now, when I, again, it depends on where you are in your process. Like if you're a startup and you've just raised 20 million bucks or two million bucks or half a million bucks, you might want to consider, or let's say if you're at a larger scale, you've got funding behind you, your first acquisition might be someone in recruitment. You might require hire a recruitment manager so that they can start filling out positions because you've got the finance to, to fill a team out very quickly. Okay, and you might need to be focusing on you know, what it is that you do in order to make sure that the business keeps moving forward. However, if you're like most people, you never had that uh, liberty, you never had that, uh, that, uh, that, that ability to be able to take someone else's money or even have money going into a business. All my businesses are bootstrapped. And so that's when you've got to look at, firstly, what are the things that I'm good at? Okay, they should be your responsibility in the early days, especially if they're related to making money and income producing activity. And secondly, what are the things that I suck at that affect the ability to produce income? Because you need to be outsourcing the things that you suck at that affect your ability to make revenue as quickly as possible. Now, you might be thinking, well, I need to outsource sales because I suck at sales. Well, you're kind of missing the point. If you're an entrepreneur and you're getting into business, you have to learn how to sell. Whether you, and this is just my opinion. Now, you don't have to subscribe to this, but this is certainly my subscription to the magazine that I call Suck It Up Princess and Learn How to Sell. And that magazine fundamentally tells us in order for you to fulfill your greatest level of potential as an entrepreneur, you need to become more persuasive. As a leader, you need to become more persuasive. You know, as a negotiator, you know, as, as, a, as anything, as, especially as a marketer, you need to become more persuasive. And persuasion is the ability to influence people. And sales is where we learn how to become persuasive. Sales is where we learn how to become influential. So, you know, if you suck at sales, you might go, well, I suck at sales, I'll just delegate that. No, you must learn how to sell what it is that you have because otherwise you'll always be dependent on others. So for me, I've always been very strong about getting the entrepreneur who runs the business to learn how to sell as quickly as possible so that they never become dependent on income or their income being generated from other people. Once you've got income being generated from self, then you can obviously start to look at delegating other things. So for me, things that I suck at. I suck at numbers, I suck at finance, uh, I suck at administration, I suck at you know some of the detailed work. I've forced myself to become good at certain things, but there are some things that I suck at. But what you will delegate first will fundamentally come down to what do I suck at that's most uh, that affects income potential the most? Because the things that are, affect income that you suck at, they're the things you want to get rid, of, get rid of first and foremost. And then you literally just start working through your delegation strategy. Step one, I need to delegate 
bookkeeping. Step two, I need to delegate maybe the marketing function. Step three, maybe you know customer service. Step four, it might be you know administrate whatever it is. Have a delegation strategy, but then more importantly, work out what money is required to delegate those roles and use those as income targets for you to hit. And once you hit them consistently for at least six weeks at a time, then you can delegate those roles to other people without feeling like you're going to get crimped on the pimp when it comes to the cash that you've got coming in. So yeah, that's uh, that's my answer for that. Boom. Okay, next up, Tanya Thurston. Hey, Kerwin, how can we remove toxic people from our lives? Uh, how do we remove toxic people from our lives? Well, it's kind of simple. We kill them. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, we do not do that. No, I'm not condoning violence of any way, shape, or form. But what I am saying is, I'm pretty sure. Are they? Was that? A, was that actually produced by a bot? Or was that a human being? It's a human being. So Tanya. you're a human being. So I'm going to assume, being a human being, you actually have this little thing called free will, which is the ability to do, say, uh, and choose to do the things you want to do, say, and choose to do, which means if you want to remove toxic people from your life, you simply remove them. Now, I can, I can already hear, oh, but you don't understand, Kirwan, it's my mum, <laughs> it's my dad, it's my brother, it's my sister. God forbid, it's my fucking husband or my wife, then you've got big problems. Okay, but if it is those people, then you do need to start to ask yourself the question of, you know, what is the impact of staying around these individuals for you know, a long period of time? You know, I've had um, not only family members, but I've also had relationships where I've started to realize that there are certain connections that I've had that have been toxic. And so for me, you know, in some cases, it's not about excision, excision, excision. It's not about cutting it out or cutting that person out from your life or removing them from your life. But it's, just, it's about moderating the level of exposure that you have to their influence, moderating the level of exposure that you have to their energy and basically the amount of time that you spend with them. So if you have toxic people in your life, the best piece of advice that I can give you is number one, remove them from your life, stop ringing them, stop speaking to them, stop taking their calls. And maybe if you wanna have a ballsy, tough conversation, we've got another video for that over here, having a tough conversation, actually tell them. Give them the opportunity to rehabilitate the relationship by telling them that, hey, listen, I just want to sit down and let you know that, you know, that I actually don't feel like that this relationship is adding an enormous amount of value to my life. And I actually feel, if anything, it's actually taken away from my life. Now, I could have just stopped calling you. I could have just stopped ringing you. I could have stopped answering calls. But I thought I'd give you the, you know, the, do you the service because you have been a friend or a family member for a period of time and actually tell this to your face because, uh, and not that I'm threatening you to, if you don't change that this is what's, you know, I'm, I'm going to remove myself from your life, but that's just the reality. You know, I, uh, I'm starting to become more protective of my time. I'm starting to become more protective of my space. And I want you to know I love you, but I love you enough to let you know that I'm not going to be spending more time with you moving forward. In fact, I'm going to be spending less time with you or no time with you unless there's a significant change. And it's not because I wanted to threaten you to change, but that's just who I am and that's where I want to go. So, you know, you can do it that way or you just simply, you know, remove yourself from people's life. I think I already said that, but you get the gist. It's not rocket science, but you make it a lot more difficult than what you, I think what it needs to be. Um, I, and I, the people say, but you don't understand, I have feelings about, I am the most empathetic person. I'm an empath. Like I feel like, you know, Mickey cut himself. First thing, I, I looked at Mickey's cut the other day, his giant paper cut, cut his tendon, cut his finger open, almost cut his, almost cut his fucking finger off. Um, and the first thing I did when I saw that, I felt the pain, my, my, my finger actually started to hurt. When my son falls over, I feel his pain. So I am very empathetic. I, am, I feel at a very high level, but I've just learned to put myself first. You know? And I know <clears throat> that might sound selfish, but we've got to understand if we really do want to be of service to others, we have to put ourselves first. Because if you're at you know, 38,000 feet and there's an emergency and the oxygen mask pop out, they say put your mask on first for a very good reason. Because if you can't help yourself, okay, if you're useless, then you can't actually help anyone else. And oftentimes, and I've seen this in my own network, 
when you remove yourself from certain people, when you spend less time with certain people because of this scenario, they naturally want to progress in their life as a result because they wanna stay with you, they wanna stay in your herd, but it's not as hard as what you think. You're making it more difficult than it needs to be. Just do it, act on it. You've got free will, you're not a fucking tree. If you don't like where you are, move. <laughs> All right, Joel Meringolo. Hey Kerwin, why do you think podcasts are becoming more popular? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Why do you think podcasts are becoming more popular? Ah, I think, you know, because of its simplicity. Uh, people are busy, people don't have a lot of time, uh, and the more busy people are, the less time that they have, and the less time that they have, the more um, uh, discerning they are with how they consume information. You know, that's why audiobooks are becoming more popular. That's why podcasts are becoming more popular. I still think, you know, I agree with Gary Vaynerchuk. We're still in the early days. We're, we're in this massive land grab right now where, you know, people are starting to still make the transition. Podcasts have been around for a very long time, fucking years, right? But people are only now en masse starting to migrate towards podcasts as a, you know, as a mode of delivery. And it's only going to become greater as busy people, because our lives aren't going to get less busy. They're going to get more busy. And as our lives become more busy, we're going to be focusing on hacks or productivity tools or ways that we can actually amplify our own productivity, our own efficiency, and podcasts are a great way to consume information. You know, we're currently uh, doing some stuff in that area. Ooh, secret stuff, can't tell you. But uh, yeah, we're basically going to be doing a lot more on, on we're put it this way, we are going all in on audio um, and because it makes sense, not just because, you know, some very influential people are talking about it because it actually fucking makes sense. Uh, so I'm very pro on uh, podcasts. I'm very bullish on it. And I think you should be too. I think everyone should be. And the cool thing is, is right now, almost every industry, there, there are so few people that actually do podcasts for a range of different industries. You know, whether it be uh, car automotive, performance automotive, you know, right now you can literally go to the top of the charts in, in probably 95%, 98% of industries because 98% of people in 98% of industries aren't producing podcasts. And the ones that are, are few and far between. So right now is the opportunity. We're jumping on it in a very big way. You're going to see uh, some of our secret projects come to fruition. We're doing some big, big shit in that space, not little. We're doing some little stuff as well, which is just repurposing. I suppose we can kind of talk about it because it's kind of come out on the... Like we're going to be repurposing Hey Kerwins. Hey Kerwins is going to be coming out on podcasts. We're going to have rants coming out on podcasts. And we're also going to have, oh, almost said it, uh, a huge project that we're launching on podcasts. Actually, two huge projects that we're launching on podcasts where we're investing significant money, significant time, you know, traveling the world, doing some really cool shit. So uh, do it. Yeah, don't say no more. Uh, we're going into lightning round now. We're in the Ooh. final minute of the show. Final minute of the show. 60 seconds of lightning round. All right, Kerwin, do you like Disneyland? Yes. When you fly on a plane, do you wear a neck pillow? I used to, but now I don't. Would you rather come face to face with a mini hip hippopotamus or a giant cockroach? They're both in a bad mood. Ooh, a mini hippopotamus. Ooh. I'm gonna go mini hippopotamus, because that'd be kind of cute. <laughs> Define the word zeitgeist. Zeitgeist is, oh god damn it, I know this one. Uh, it's like a, oh. Mm. When was the last time you stayed up past four in the morning? Next. <laughs> How would you rate your karaoke skills on a scale of one to Mariah Carey? Oh God, I would say Jay-Z. <laughs> What's the name of the street you grew up on? <gasps> Dryandra. Black beans or refried uh, re beans in your bur Ooh, burrito? Black beans. Are tomatoes a fruit or a vegetable? Fruit, they have seeds. Have you ever stolen anything? <gasps> yes. Oh, a bag of water balloons when I was like eight. I felt so bad. What's your favorite martial art? Ooh. 
There is no ultimate martial art. There is only the ultimate martial artist who takes essences from every single style that they are open to and brings it together and expresses it in a formless way that is absolute, incredible stuff. LA or New York? Oh, LA. Oh, New York, LA. Final question, what temperature do you like your thermostat at? Ooh, I'm gonna say around 24 degrees. Beautiful. Madonna on the way, you two coming up next. <laughs> Thank you. Traffic report straight after this break. That was episode 21 of the Heiko and Show, where we also included. Uh, I finished with the lightning round, I really loved it. Question of the day. Actually, I'm just getting back into music right now. Uh, not that I've ever been into music, but uh, my ex wife used to tell me I hate music. I don't hate music, I don't listen to a lot. My favorite sound is silence, but I'm getting into a bit of music. Actually, a little bit of hip hop, a little bit of YouTube, but I'm curious to know from you what uh, is the song that you are like on repeat right now? Like, what is the number one song you have on repeat right now? Post it below, put in a link so I can check out your music styles and taste and uh, yeah, see if I can have a little bit of that flavor, flavor, flavor. Also, if you happen to be a producer of music or a musician of sorts, don't care where you are in the world and you'd like us to feature your music on this show or the K-Day or any of the other projects that are coming up, let us know below. Send us a message, we'll be keen to hear. Hashtag, hey Kerwin, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn and- Facebook. Facebook. See you in the next one. Say hi to your mum for me. Thanks for listening to Hey Kerwin. If you would like your questions answered, don't forget to use the hashtag Hey Kerwin on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn.